This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech. Good morning. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Wilt Couture, information technology expert at Newport Steel in Jackson and Flowood, and IT instructor at Holmes Community College. Today on Everyday Tech, we'll discuss how to avoid scams. Give us a call this morning at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email us at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back after the news. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include ADT Security, helping to protect homes and businesses for over 140 years. ADT also provides health monitoring with medical alert services to help seniors live independently. More at ADT.com. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Wilt Couture, information technology expert at Newport Steel in Jackson and Flowood and IT instructor at Holmes Community College. Now, scammers are getting increasingly sophisticated in their attempts to get your money or personal details. So today we will discuss ways that you can be alert and protect yourself from being scammed. To join our conversation, give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. And online at Everyday Tech at MPB Online. Well, good morning, Wilts. How's everything going? Oh, man, pretty good, pretty good. Just been, uh, you know, staying busy like we were talking about before. We got on the air, you know, this is a uh, midterms week, so I've been getting my getting my study in. So For you and I. We yeah. <laughs> in school, uh, grown adults on the next everyday tech. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yes, we uh we both talked about being in school and how technology plays a big part in of course online. You're in online classes. Yes, I mean it's huge. Yes, huge. you need it every day and then I'm looking for a new computer, so you were really talking to me about what I need to get for a laptop or do I want a um new home computer? Yeah, I mean, there's just, so, you know, that's the thing. There's so many options out there trying to sort your way through the options. You know, just a little shameless, shameless self-plug. Actually, the first chapter of my, my latest book out, that's one of the things that I talk about is whenever you're looking at a computer, what do you really need? And and honestly, when you're looking for a computer, the, the question you need to first ask yourself is what do you want to do with it? And, you know, like you said, you know, we're both – doing online schooling and all that. In all honesty, you don't need the the biggest, baddest, most expensive computer out there for a lot of what a lot of us are using this for every day. Um, you know, web browsing, maybe paying the bills, researching on the internet, following the news, you know. Homework. Um, yeah, homework. <laughs> There's not a really a lot. Now, if you're in engineering, if you're doing a lot of photo and video editing, if you're, you know, mixing your own music and things, those require a little bit more power. But for most most of your um, your users out there, it doesn't you know you don't need to go out and buy the three thousand dollar machine. Okay, and my question to you: um, Do I want the tower or do I want the three in one? Because the three in one, I like how it uh, uses less space, 
and I like the way it looks. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, like we've seen, everything is going more toward wireless. So a lot of these computers now, I mean, you know, there's a lot of wireless going on with them. The tower, you know, for example, my wife still uses a tower computer. It's something, you know, for her, it worked out perfectly. She just wants it in the office. It sits behind the desk. It's out of the way. The really nice thing with the towers, especially if they're going to be on a lot, they're they're usually going to have a little bit bigger of a fan inside of them. They'll stay a little bit cooler. You can add and subtract things to them um, if you need to. For me, that's something that I've done with her computer. The all-in-ones, exactly like what you're talking about. I mean, it's great. Basically, you plug up the monitor, plug your keyboard and mouse to the monitor, or for that matter, even put those on there wireless. And takes up a lot less desk space. They're great. The thing to remember with them, just like with laptops, is you're not going to really be able to add too much to it. So if you're if you're going down the road and saying, ah, you know, I need to, I may need to change this, that, or the other, maybe hard drives, upgrades, a little bit harder to do in that kind of environment. But again, what's the tool that's you know the right tool for you? Another thing you were mentioning about wanting to use laptops. Laptops are great. Definitely getting a lot more traction out of them. And what some people tend to forget is that your laptop can actually become your home computer as well. For example, at work, I use a laptop. I use a laptop exclusively. And what I do is when I get into the office, I just plug up a single cable to it, a little USB cable to it. And once I do that, I get my dual monitors on the desk. I get my full-size keyboard, mouse, you know, all the different peripherals and accessories that you would normally see on a on that traditional tower computer by plugging up one cable into the laptop. And then when I'm done at the end of the day, I unplug that cable, go back out the door, all my data goes with me. So I, with that, I get the best of both worlds. And, and you know, with all of this, the prices kind of follow. Your tower is going to be your least expensive. Your all-in-one is going to be kind of that middle of the road. Oh. Your laptop, you're going to pay a little, you pay for that portability. So uh, again, it really comes back to a question of what, what is... What is your use? Okay. What is, what works for you? Well, that clears up a lot. And if you're out there and you're listening and you wanted to purchase a new computer, especially for the holiday season coming up, hope uh, we'll help you out a little bit because he helped me out a lot. But speaking of computers, and uh, especially in this day and age, we have to be careful getting scammed. And um, that's oh, a yeah. big thing. Now, scams target people from all backgrounds, ages and income levels. It doesn't matter where you come from, you can get scammed. There's no one group of people who are more likely to become a victim of a scam. But I have a question for you. How can we identify current trending Internet-born scams? Well, really, it's a lot of researching. Um, I don't think it's much of a surprise probably to our listeners here the amount of less than accurate information that can be out there on the Internet. Um, you know, there's plenty. The thing about getting behind a keyboard is people can say whatever they want to. And a lot of times um, I'll, I'll use an example this week. Unfortunately, this week we lost a, you know, someone I consider a music legend. Um, you know, Tom Petty, unfortunately, passed away. I mean, that's, you know, going back 70s, 80s. That, that to me is just really good music. Well, you know, initially it was reported that he died and they were talking about it all day that he was dead. Well, he was actually in critical condition. Um, the prognosis was not very good, but unfortunately a, a incorrect bit of information got out there and, you know, social media, media in general just kind of ran with it and it, it, it wasn't quite accurate. Now, unfortunately later in the evening he did pass away, but it just goes to show you there's a ton of info out there. And so, so really when you're talking about wanting to identify the scams that are going on, your first thing to do is to consider the source of where you're getting your information um, it, it's no different than what I've taught my kids whenever they're trying to do a research paper. You don't just go to just one source. Look at a few things. Read some things up. If you're talking about an Internet scam, if, you, if you're looking at something and you're wondering, hey, is this too good to be true? Is this a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Don't consider one source to be your end-all, be-all. Um, 
you know, look at a couple of things, talk to people. Cause you can always have people who are going to say positive. You can always have people who say negative. Hey, for that matter, everyday tech at mpbonline.org, shoot us a note on over, you know, Jeremy or I'll help do some research with you and maybe point you in some directions. But, but your biggest thing is look and read and look for, you know, more than one source. And um, speaking of um, sources, we just had our Fix It One-on-One show at 9 o'clock. Um, it comes on before us every Wednesday. And those are contractors. Those are guys that work on buildings and things and, and roofs and everything in your house. Speaking of that, with the storms that we've just had, Hurricane Harvey and Maria, um, Irma, how can we be sure that we're getting the best contractor, you know, or a legitimate contractor to come out and do some work on your home? Well, you know, and, and actually I was – talking a little bit to the guys whenever they popped in out of the studio and, and um, they said, you know, one of the first things that came out of their mouth was like, Hey, if you're looking at someone to do contract work on your property, very first thing you want to do, go look somewhere where they're working right now. Go talk to who they're working with right now, because you know, let, let's be a hundred percent honest. If you sit there and ask somebody for three or four references, are they going to give you the best references that they have? They're going to give you their neighbor and their brother. You know I mean? And I'm not, I'm not trying to sit there and say that, you know, they're being, less than honest, but at the exact same time, you know, we always try to put our best foot forward. But like you said, go out there and talk to people who are doing these things. You know, I take it even a step further beyond that. If they say they're licensed and bonded, check with the company, check. Are they really? Don't just take someone's word for it. Unfortunately, we can't nowadays. And that's, that's a, that's a sad state of affairs, but it is the reality, you know, um, with contractors, are they licensed by the state? If they're coming in to do some work, um, you know, check with the state. Had there been complaints filed against the state? That's the thing. People will talk. So you have to do your research. And, and technology makes that so easy because you can get in touch with people. You can reach out. You can find out where they're working. You can check on their license status and all these things. And, and you just got to do a little bit of groundwork because, yeah, you're right. With all these storms coming through, with all these, you know, the flooding in Houston and, you know, there's a ton of charities that were wanting things and a ton of people who were trying to get some work done. And, and you really got to check and make sure you're you're spending your money wisely. And we talked about the um, storms that came through. A lot of fundraising, a lot of fundraising oh, yeah. all over the computers, all over the Internet, and, and some uh, fundraising concerts and things like that. How can we be sure your money is going to help these funds? How can we use technology to be sure? Well, and, and again, the Internet really just kind of pops right to the surface there. Um, for example, when you're dealing with charities and some other things. For us here in Mississippi, we can reach out to the Secretary of State's office and they keep information on all the charities. And for these companies that are charitable organizations, they have to file certain paperwork that show, you know, there's that's where I see a whole bunch of misinformation, especially in social media, saying saying yes to this charity, no to this charity. Find out really where your dollar is going and make make sure that what you're doing is, is what was you know, what was really intended. Where where was your heart really leading you on that? Um you know, I think there's a ton of really good charities out there. Some are nationally known, some are much more local. But I think really that search really starts internet and and look at your secretary of state's offices. Look at your AG's office. Whenever there's consumer complaints, they're going to hear those things too. So so reach out to them, but use that computer connection to kind of reach out and, and do that research. All right. So today we're talking about avoiding scams. So please, to join our conversation, give us a call at one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four 672 7464 to be a part of this conversation. We want to hear from you. If you've gotten scammed or you think you may be getting scammed, if you got that email that you're not sure about, I have my boy. Wilts here to let you know 
if it's the right thing to open or not. He's going to let us know about all of the little nuances out there, and so you won't get scammed. Give us a call again at one 672 7464 We'll be right back. For the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo with Wills Couture, our technology expert. Now, if you're just joining us today, we've been discussing ways to avoid scams. To join our conversation or to ask any tech question, give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, and online at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Now, before the break, we were talking about how to identify internet-born scams. As we all know, the credit report. Reporting Bureau Equifax was recently hacked. OMG, that is horrible. Now, so what are some ways that we can protect our credit and our identity? Well, you know, um, I think the Equifax um, hack really opened a lot of people's eyes to the particular situation, and that is we've got so much information out there, and what are the companies that we're entrusting this information doing to protect it? And, And a common thing that I tell a lot of people is we, we realize, you know, we talk about, you know, are they doing enough? Are they doing enough? You know, to kind of play devil's advocate a little bit, you got to think they've got to protect against billions of people, but the bad guys only got to figure out one way to get in. So, so there is really, it, it is really a moving target. And I will say, you know, yes, it is um, required by these companies that we're entrusting our information to, to do their absolute best to protect it. But, Unfortunately, someone, you know, if it's man-made, it's going to get man-broke. So the first thing you can be doing is definitely looking at, at – this is actually one of the gentlemen from Fix It 101 was actually asking the exact same question. And the very first thing I kind of mentioned to him is like, you need to be pulling your credit reports. This not, not just in response to Equifax. Don't let this be a short-lived response to protect yourself. This needs to be the wake-up call that tells you protect yourself regularly oh. because in six months there's going to be something else. Well, before we go to the phone lines, I have my friend Kathleen from Ocycle on the line. But before we go to her, I have a question about that. How often should we check our credit report? And I've heard that you should not pull your own credit report too many times. Is that is that, is that a myth or is that, that true? That is a myth. Pulling your credit report does not, does not, does not, does not <laughs> affect your credit score. And a lot of people kind of focus on that whole credit score aspect. This is what I typically recommend to folks. There are three credit reporting agencies. You have Equifax, TransUnion, and I think it's Experian. Yeah. Okay. Um, You're entitled, and I know this is for Mississippi and other states. If any other states are listening, you may want to check with your own, um, but I believe that most of them are pretty much the same. But you are entitled to one free copy every year. So there's three credit reporting agencies. What I typically recommend to folks is – when you go ahead and let's just say you go ahead and pull one in October, set a calendar reminder in three months to pull from a different CRA, credit reporting agency. Mm-hmm. And then three months after that, pull from another credit reporting agency. Three months after that, another one. By the time you get to that year, 
you're already back to your other one. And what you're doing, so every quarter, essentially, you are getting a fresh copy of your credit report and allows you to keep a bigger bigger handle on what's going on instead of just looking once a year. A lot can happen in a year. I got you. That makes sense. And I like it. So we can be on top of that instead of Equifax telling us, oh, my God, this happened, and now you need to check it. Right. I mean, you know, because at the end, it, it's, it's just like your health. I mean, ultimately, who's <laughs> responsible for your health? Is, is your doctor going to call and tell you it's time for a checkup, or do you need to kind of figure that one out? I got That makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right. We're, we're going to go to Osaka and speak with my friend Kathleen. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, Michelle and crew. Hey. I hate to say, I told you so. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't like all this uh I mean, it's good for businesses and stuff like that, but little people like me who nobody needs to call, doesn't need to be involved in all that. Yet, Equifax and another uh, company, I can't remember their name, if you go to Dollar General, which I'll say their name, and Walmart, you are automatically in the system. And frankly, this is what really gets me. Checks are still legal tender. (laughs) And they turned down my check one time because they don't know anything about me. I said, I got four IDs here in front of me. I'm up in age. I walk with a cane. It's not like I'm on America's Most Wanted running out the door with a revolver. But uh, it just uh, burned me up because I don't have credit cards. I try to use money orders when I pay my bills so that way they don't have the routing number or check number. And uh, I don't pay help with checks. So... What can we do besides drop out and go uh, sit in the back 40 with the mule and the plow? That's a good question. Um, well, you're right. And, 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 but, and I definitely, I, I see where you're coming from on that. And I definitely uh, agree with many of those points there. The unfortunate fact is from the time a child now is born, they're given a social security card whenever they come on out. Uh, before they're getting out of the hospital, before my kids left the hospital, they had already had to apply for their for their social security number. If you have a utility, if you have a light bill, if you have a phone bill, if you have a a bank account, everything is tied in now, be it good or bad. It's all tied into these credit reporting agencies. And unfortunately, no matter how hard we try to get off the grid, the grid just keeps on finding us. Right. And, um, you know... It, it's it's just um it's an unfortunate sign of the times today. It is. Well, thank you, uh, Kathleen, for that comment. We're gonna go to Hattiesburg now and speak with Veronica. Good morning, Veronica. Good morning. Good morning. I um have a question uh, about a possible credit uh, reporting scam. I keep getting through Facebook. Um, it's basically ads for a credit reporting or a credit fixing agency that a classmate is involved in and she keeps trying to get me to sign up but they charge a fee which I've heard is a no-no if it's actually legitimate and I know that we can you know as you guys were just saying get your own credit report and then if anything is false you can fix it yourself so I was just wondering if what I'm assuming is true and uh, I guess what input you guys could give me on that. Well, you know, I would definitely, um, the moment someone asks for money, that's usually when my ears definitely perk up. Um, Mine too. Yes. Yeah. And <clears throat> and you're absolutely right. A lot of the things that you can do when it comes to your credit and to those type of things 
are absolutely free for you to do. Now, that does require you to have to do a little bit of the work. You may have to actually, um, you know, send a few letters, make a few phone calls. But if you were to hit the Federal Trade Commission, that's really where a lot of the consumer items mm-hmm. come out of. Um, things such as, like you said, pulling your credit report, you can actually put fraud alerts on your own report. You can, if you pull that credit report and you notice something on there that is in error, yes, you can, you can submit on over and that, you know, and they have, they have government responsibilities. They have to work with you on that. A lot of these pay services in general, what they're basically doing is like, okay, we're going to do the footwork for you. They're they're basically uh, counting on, hey, I'm going to do this. They're doing the free things that you could do. You're just paying them yeah. to do them for you instead of you taking a little time to do it. I would definitely recommend, you know, just a little bit of quick research. Again, the Federal Trade Commission site has wonderful. Federal Trade Commission. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. I mean, step-by-step, step, very um, easy to understand information. They can point you right into those. Because, yeah, like I said, I'd. I hate to just pay somebody for something that I can just take maybe 10, 15 minutes out of my exactly. day and, and take care and I of. I definitely have the time. So Yeah. Well, thank right. you. Well, thank you guys very much. All thank right. you. Thank you for calling in, Veronica. We're going to go now to Brandon and speak with Alan. Good morning, Brandon. How are you hey. doing? Hey, Michelle. Uh, good morning, Alan. I called you Brandon. <laughs> That's all right. It's That's too right. early in the morning. Is it Brandon from Alan or <laughs> Alan from Brandon? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just want to say, I, I mean, I think we're most exposed to these companies that are getting hacked. I mean, like Equifax. I mean, how long is it going to be before TransUnion and Experience you know, are, are announcing something similarly? So, uh, I mean, I don't know what we do about that. Uh, I mean, it's up, obviously it's up to those companies to, you know, to, to, to protect our information. But things we can do, I, I just pretty much ignore anything I get that's unsolicited. You know, I mean, anybody that calls you on the phone telling you you're – you know, they see something that shows that your computer's got a problem or an email that's coming from someone. And you got to be careful about emails because all your, your friends can get hacked and then you'll get an email that looks like it's coming from them. Mm-hmm. But oh, yeah. you've got to just use common sense and just, you know, people are, are, are not trying to be your best friend. They're, I mean, they're trying to get your money and stuff. So, you, And I would strongly recommend anybody that ever uses a credit card Get a credit card that lets you set up notification alerts. It is real easy. Oh gosh, to, yes. To, to set up a notification alert, just that if you get, I mean, you pick the amount, and if you normally charge, you know, under you know fifty dollars for everything you buy, just say, you know, notify me if there's a charge over fifty dollars. I mean, it's real easy, and uh, it's a real good flag for notifying you if something's gone awry with your with somebody getting your information and stuff. That's, you know, there are people out there trying to get it, and you know they can get it in a restaurant just as easy as anywhere. So uh, you just got to use common sense and and be careful with your stuff. Somebody well, will come take it. Yeah, and and I hate to really say it, but it, and really you've got to almost um, you got to almost be suspect. I mean, it's just you got to almost have this. Um, be on I mean, guard, yeah. and, and yeah. we talked about this last week. Unfortunately, the scammers are getting smarter because technology has gotten better. And the more technology or the more um, protection that's out there, the smarter the scammers get. And they find the, they, they get through the firewalls and the, the kids are getting smarter. So a crook is a crook. So they're going to find a way to get through. And that's like you said, we don't no. want to live in a, an alert state where we're always looking over our shoulder. But um, I was thinking about why 
Alan was talking, older people are very leery of credit cards. And like uh, Ms. Kathleen said, yeah. they like to use the, ch- the plain old cash or check. You know, yeah. a lot of people don't use paper checks anymore, but that is actually a little bit better sometimes because with the more technology we have in the world, the bigger the scams get, you know, the more sophisticated they get. Yeah, but I tell you what, the simple scams are still out there. You know, um, I've mentioned a few times both of my kids are highly involved with Northwest Rankin with mm-hmm. the band. And, you know, us band parents run the concession stands. Mm-hmm. A lot of concession stands are having to watch out now. The old counterfeited money is coming back. You know, there's, there's some of that floating around here. Oh, um, it, like you said, a crook is a crook. And people are going to look, you know, by its nature, they're looking for the easy way to make some money. So they're finding, you know, we, we've mentioned before about credit card skimmers. If you're going, like, you know, even to your ATM, that could be little small pieces of technology that are actually stealing your information as you're putting it in. And you do have to just kind of um, look a little bit. You know, I tell my, my wife is really good at this daily. She utilizes the app for our bank and she goes in there and she checks. And every day she's looking at transactions that have been on our bank as well as on any credit card. And we rarely use the credit card, but she will still check it every day just to make sure because the sooner you catch it, the easier it is to get it to be fixed. That's a thought. I like that, that just like we people go on uh, Instagram every day and you look all day every day, look at your bank account transactions. Just They have apps now, so just look at it to see if you see anything. And like you said, the sooner you catch it, then you can contact your uh, financial institution and do something about it. I like that. Yeah, because, I mean, like right now, if someone were to walk into a Walmart, a Dollar General, a Best Buy, or what have you, and fraudulently fraudulently (laughs) utilize your card, well, if you were checking it daily, you look on there, you're going to see a pending charge. You can catch it before it even clears. I mean. So, yeah, you're right. Just like we check our, you know, so many of us will check our email every day, you know. Um, check that. Yeah. Is, you know, knowing is what's really important. Yeah. yeah. And, and Alan, go ahead with some more points. I have some more good tips. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I mean, you're right. You've got to monitor your bank account. And it's so easy to do with these apps nowadays. You, you can't ignore it. You need to reconcile your bank account. If you're not doing it monthly. Just go out every day and, and look at it. It takes about five seconds just to, to scan through it. Oh, and yeah. Remember, if you are using checks like the other caller said, your bank account number and your federal routing code is at the bottom of every check you, you pass mm-hmm. out. So, I mean, yep. once you do that, that's it. I mean, I, I had somebody, uh, you know, send bogus checks to, to my bank account years ago before the Internet was even mm-hmm. all that popular. Mm-hmm. And I assume they just got the information off of the uh, off of the, a check we'd given somebody, and they ran mm-hmm. it through the bank. The bank the bank took the, uh, you know, ran the funds through it. Like well, it was, it, it's, so, it's, it's crazy, yeah, Alan. Just, just know. Just mm-hmm. know what's out there and what you need to do to protect yourself. Thanks. Thank you. Thank Very you. good tips. And, and it happened to me. Um, I had a box of, remember the, back in the 90s, I had a box of checks that weren't, the account was closed. I had someone come in my home, uh, break in, still. I didn't even notice that the checks were gone because mm-hmm. I never used them. And all of a sudden, I got these uh, calls from downtown, the police department, saying that I'm writing checks at uh, Eckert's. You guys remember Eckert's a long oh time Lord. ago? See, that's how long ago this has been. <laughs> but I'm like, I didn't do this. And it was the worst experience ever. I had to go downtown, do uh, write my signature like a hundred times. And it was crazy. But like you said, to avoid having to do all that, just monitor and check. Um, so when we come back from break, we're going to continue talking about how to avoid scams.
We've had some great tips so far, and we're going to talk about those emails that you think are coming from your friends. They're really not. So scammers are getting smarter, so we have to get smarter. Uh, to join in our conversation, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can email us at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Informative MPB news stories, the local shows you love, up-to-date severe weather info, and the state and worldwide reach telling the story of Mississippi. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Wilts Couture, information technology expert at Newcore Steel in Jackson and Flowood. Now, if you're just tuning in, today's topic is avoiding scams. We want you to be a part of this conversation, so give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 or online at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Now, our computer expert is standing by to ask, answer any of your tech questions, all right? So before the break, we were talking about how to protect your identity and your credit. But what are some resources? And we talked a little bit about that, but let's go into a little more detail about resources that we can use to verify a company or a person. Well, really, think about the different companies that actually license different people. So you can look up things such as, you know, the contractor board. If you're dealing with contractors, they're going to be licensed through the state. If you're dealing with a charity, they are going to be licensed with your secretary of state's office. If you're dealing with a business, if there's been complaints on them, you're going to have the attorney general's office. It's really a matter of just reaching out there and, and actually talking to people. The problem I've seen a lot is we sit there and do things such as ask for references. Well, again, people are going to give you the best references. And we... Uh, it's unfortunate you take someone at their word and sometimes their word is, you know, unfortunately not their bond anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and again, utilizing the internet, if you're looking at buying products, if you're looking at a new widget that you're looking for on over here, going out there and just seeing what other people talk about Uh, the rating system. You know, a lot of people are very familiar with the Amazon rating system. For example, just about any site you purchase from has that exact same thing. And, and here's the thing about the internet. People will be brutally honest. Um, Sometimes their opinion is worth what you pay for it. Um, And sometimes it's really valuable. and, and, And you learn just over time, you need to look at that and you, it's like dealing with people. You learn the people that you really want to listen to because they're giving you useful information. You learn the people who are over there just running their mouths for the sake of running their mouths. Review systems are the exact same way, but you can do that with so many different products. And, and just get out there. I mean, simply going to, to Google and plugging in a company name or a person's name can tell you a lot about them. If people have been upset with their work, if people have been upset with a, a product, 
they're going to tell you about it. And if they've been happy with it, they're going to tell you about it as well. Sometimes just say if someone had an, a bad experience or they bought a product and it didn't work for them, or you look up reviews, this person had a bad experience, this person didn't. How do you know which one, you know, should I buy this product? Well, this person didn't have a good experience, but maybe I would. Well, you know, um, it's kind of interesting you say that. I mean, just recently, we, my daughter just got a new bird. And it's a very loud bird. Anybody who knows what a Jinde Conyer out there sounds like, you'll know it's a very loud bird, but she is, she is gorgeous. But as a result, whenever we brought her into the home, we had a few parakeets. We needed a larger cage, you know. Um, so, hey, to Amazon I go. We're looking for a larger cage. And I started reading through some reviews. And, you know, so, yeah, you know, you, usually those, those five-star reviews will float to the top. And I started seeing some of that. But what I really want to do is I want to look at the threes, twos, and ones. I want to see what folks were saying. Oh. And I was talking with my wife about it. And there were a few on the ones. I mean, there were, you know, statements about quality issues, statements about they didn't like the packaging and everything else. And so what I kind of did, you know, you got to almost play detective nowadays. I started looking at the dates and these were quite a few years back. Okay. And then I went ahead and resorted to say, okay, let me look by the more recent. Well, more recent had much better stars on it. Uh, sort of making sure that it was verified purchasers or not people just making a statement. Um, and I noticed that as I got to the newer ones, the comments were getting much, much, much better. It's almost like maybe this company listened to the feedback and they made some quality adjustments. And I'm going to tell you, I went ahead and ordered it. I had zero quality issues. It was packaged wonderfully. I mean, I would give it a five star all the way. So you can't necessarily let that negative skew you. Um, with Amazon, too, I've seen this a lot. People will review a product and what they'll actually review. Oh, I think Amazon took too long to ship it to me. That had absolutely nothing to do with the quality of the product. It had nothing, nothing to do with what you were buying. It had nothing to do with anything. Uh, it had to do with you got upset about some third party, you know, something that had nothing to do with it. Yeah, that's that's not a worthwhile review. I got you. So basically, we need to look at the dates of the reviews. I like that. To see yeah. the newer um, reviews, probably the company has went back to the um, drawing board yeah, and made yeah. it better. I like that. I, I didn't even think about that. Yep. I like yeah. that. It's it's no different than us sitting there reviewing. You know, if you're reviewing the uh, the latest news story coming out, and you're looking at information. You want to look at what's relevant, and you gotta you gotta sort through it sometimes. All right. So we're talking about avoiding scams today. So we want you to join our conversation. If you have any general tech questions, that computer won't turn on, or you you need some more app space, or any computer tech question, give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four. Six four. I have another question. Um, how do you? You said the Better Business Bureau is a good place to start if you're looking for uh, references on companies. If you're not sure that this is a legitimate company, correct? It is. They put a lot of that info out there, and you can just kind of reach out to them. and And again, it's it's a lot of opinions being put out there. So you're going on over there and looking, and you'll notice. Uh, you'll get information not only on what people's complaints might have been, but also on how did the company reply to it. Um, the Better Business Bureau, you know, through the years, I think it gets used a little bit less, get used a little bit more. So it, it it's just one of those resources that you can end up utilizing. And again, with our connected world, people are going to sit there and give opinions. Yeah, and um, and so when you're looking at these opinions, and, and kind of going back to what we were talking about with you know with the Amazon and everything else, uh, another thing that I like to look at is the the ratio, the percentage of good versus bad. If you see um, you know, 10% of the reviews are bad, but 90% are, you know, four and five star. That gives you a pretty good indication that you may just have a couple of, you know, disgruntled uh, 
folks. I mean, I'm sure we all know someone out there that no matter what you do, they're never going to be happy. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's at least one or two of them people in each of our lives that we know you ain't going to ever make them happy. True. Um, now, tell me, we were talking off uh, air about these emails. Now, emails, you know, we check our email every day. We get our friends to uh, talk to us, and we get random emails. But you said the scammers are getting really slick. They'll send you an email. Hi, Michelle. I get those a lot. Hi, Michelle. And you think it's someone that knows you. Well, exactly. If someone were to call you up, I, you know, I joke a lot. My name is different. And it's amazing. People who are, if you're going to call me unsolicited, nine times out of 10, you're not going to pronounce my name properly. <laughs> um, I don't think Wilts is that hard, but the Contrera really throws him off. And so I always kind of joke, you know, it's like, that's a great way to weed out telemarketers. But it really does have a practical purpose to it as well, and that is is that you know if you can't pronounce my name, we've obviously not been, done business together. With so many scams going on now, and with so much of our information out there, so that that's kind of that side effect of of getting all this information stolen. I mean, another one that you don't see much in the news: three billion accounts from Yahoo have been hacked. And, and that's the, yeah. in, in saying these things, I see why some people say, you know, I, I'm not on Facebook. I don't even you today. Yeah. You have to have an email address. Basically, you have to have an email address. So you it's almost down. to the point where you have to constantly check, check and check. Yeah. And you had to really be suspect. But what ends up happening is. um <sighs> Is that now that people are getting even just that kind of information, just to be able to sit instead of calling, you know, dear sir or ma'am, if I can say dear Michelle, I've now personalized myself mm -hmm. to you. And that's going to possibly get me past that initial reaction. If I see dear sir or ma'am, uh, file 13, throw it in the mm -hmm. trash. Mm -hmm. um, but if I can actually call you by name, if I if if you get a a telephone call that comes up and says, oh, hi, Michelle, you're going to be more apt to actually listen a little bit. And they're going to get past that initial rejection phase let me ask you a question about the emails um and uh, jeremy he's out sick today but he would be a good person to answer this as well when you get an email that says hi michelle or something like that is it safe to open it or if you open it you, you're opening yourself up for uh scams you know if we were having this conversation a few years ago i would almost i would lean toward that eh, you don't even want to open up stuff if you're not really expecting it uh nowadays honestly with some of our more modern anti-malware software and the computers and everything. Opening up the email is not nearly as bad. Now, opening up attachments, it could even be a Word document, a PDF, or a picture, uh, and especially a link. You definitely want to avoid a link. Opening those can lead to infections, but now just generally opening up the envelope, basically, basically opening the email, is a fairly safe thing to do. It's okay to look inside, just don't follow anything inside of it. And you mentioned... Um software for your computer. So let's talk about that. What are some protective mechanisms we can buy to protect ourselves to add to our computer? Well, you know, and actually some of the uh, some of the better software programs out there are actually absolutely free. Uh, Jeremy and I talk a lot about Avast uh, being a very good free anti-malware program that you can actually install on your computer. Um, does a great job. Any version of Windows from Windows 7 forward has it actually built into it. It's got the Microsoft um, and malware software. It's already in there. So it's going to be watching things such as when you open up attachments or or open your emails and things like that. So so really good security doesn't have to cost. Another program that we bring up a lot, one called Malwarebytes. Um, and that's Bytes spelled B-Y-T-E-S. 
but that's a great free program. It has a, it has a paid option to it as well as a lot of the free programs do. So there's a lot of good tools out there like that that you can use. All right. That is helping me out. And I know it's helping a lot of other people out as well. We're going to go back to the phone lines and go to Florence and speak with Roger. Good morning, Roger. Well, good morning. Good morning. For about six months, a little more, I've been getting dozens and dozens and dozens of emails from what started out being the same uh, domain. I managed to block it, and I'm uh, my email server is blocking dozens and dozens from this particular domain. But they learned to create domain names that are long names with no oh, eight or ten alphanumeric characters in them that change every time, and they're never duplicated. So you can block them one at a time, but you'll never get through blocking them. And I'm getting dozens every day advertising various things, some of which are ugly and some of which are just useless. And I don't know what to do about it other than change my email address. Uh, I cannot block them. You can block them one at a time, but they're all different. And, you know, that is a um, an ever-evolving, ever-growing issue. I see that exact same problem. And that's that's what's happening. A lot of these, these scammers or spammers or however you want to refer to them uh, are doing a, exactly what Roger mentioned here. Is instead of it being, you know, um, from scammer at scam.com, you know, it'll be random numbers and letters. And it does get very hard to just try to block that email address or even that domain. What I've actually started doing um, and – started doing this years ago, especially when there were so many ads for different pharmaceutical products that were coming out, um, is instead of trying to block the email address, I would actually, you can tell your Gmail, you can tell Yahoo, I'm blocking for specific words. So in other words, if you're seeing a consistent ad coming in, you know, for widget X, I'm going to set a rule inside of my email that says, if the content of this email has the word widget X in it, you know, insert whatever, maybe a common recurring thing, um, just delete it. And so actually start going after the content instead of actually worrying about the email address itself. And that has actually been fairly, uh, fairly successful for me, especially when you're talking about advertisement ones, because you can usually count on a few words that are going to always be in there that you maybe not would normally use in everyday conversation. All right. So you know what? Uh, before we go to break, I just want you to expound on that just a little bit for everybody that's had that issue with these reoccurring emails or emails cl- just filling up your email with the junk. What can we do again? I like what you said. Go to our settings and do what? Yeah, go to the settings and just set a rule that's looking, you know, you can set rules in there and it's the exact same way that you would say, I don't want to receive from, you know, Joe at scam.com. Because those email addresses change so much, look for keywords. Start going after that, that keyword. Um, like, you know, um, pharmaceutical ads are very, very common, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to avoid just naming any particular, you know, let's just say, I don't know, you know, Tylenol. Right. You're seeing Tylenol constantly coming in here. 
I'm going to block. If you see an email come through here that has the word Tylenol in it, just delete it because, you know, my friends aren't sending me information about Tylenol. Oh, that's a good tip. And I hope everybody's uh, taking notes and seeing what yeah. you can do to protect your credit. When we come back from break, we'll continue our discussion on avoiding scams. Plus, there's still time for you to be a part of our conversation. So give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 And don't forget, you can get us online at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Now, if you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the entire show at mpbonline.org slash everydaytech. It's also available on our MPB media app. We'll be right back after the break. From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo today with Wilt Scatrare, our computer expert. Now, if you're just joining us, today's topic is avoiding scams. Phone lines are still open, so there's time for you to get your tech question answered. So give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 or online at Everyday Tech at MPB Online. So we've discussed identifying scams, protecting your credit and identity, and you've even given us tips on how to verify companies. We've tried to avoid it. We've tried to not open this email, and all of a sudden we've been compromised. What can we do? Well, one of the very first things you're going to really want to do is you need to stop, you know, stop the spread of the damage. Um, you know, for example, if you are suspecting that you've been the victim of identity theft, the very first thing that I would do is contact all three credit reporting agencies and place a fraud alert on your account immediately. That is free to do. You don't have to pay anybody to do that, and it is good for 90 days. Um, is that the same thing as a freeze, freezing your account? No, no. A fraud, a fraud alert and a freeze are different. Now, a freeze, what will, a freeze will actually do, and this, uh, at least for us in Mississippi and different states may vary, for each credit reporting agency it can cost you $10 to actually place, but it will actually, no new accounts whatsoever can be open on your, you know, existing accounts can work just fine, but no new accounts can be opened. Okay. Well, guess who's joining us this morning? He was a little under the weather, but I believe this topic is so intriguing, he just had to jump in. Good morning, Jeremy. Good morning, you guys. Uh, (laughs) Forgive my absence. I I told him I I didn't feel like I had a whole show in me, but I did want to chime in on a few things. I've been listening to the show, and you guys have been giving some really good info. There's just a few other things that I wanted to kind of uh, remind our listeners about uh, regarding scams, because I'm, I'm definitely very passionate about it. Uh, being that Mississippi um, has a, a vast majority of senior citizens, uh, and they're typically the ones that get taken um, taken advantage of when it comes to scams. 
um, it's just something that I really want to touch on here. So anyways, um, when you get an email and you don't know uh, who it's from or whatever, one of the things I recommend that people do is actually copy and paste the text in the email to Google because somebody out there has probably already gotten that email before, and this is a good way to verify that you are, in fact, being scammed. Yeah. In addition to that, um, if you didn't know about Yahoo and the three billion accounts that were compromised in 2013. Yes, that's billion with a B. And 2013, um, which is really sad. It, right, right. Um, it's time to move to a new email provider if you're still using Yahoo. Um, <gasps> oh, I my. <laughs> use, I, I personally use Gmail, and Gmail has really great filters for spam, and occasionally I'll just go look through my spam folder to see what it catches. And uh, yesterday, actually, I found a really interesting... Uh, receipt. It was from the App Store, and it was for some game that I supposedly bought. And I was like, wow, that looks really legit. But I know it's fake because I didn't buy anything. Yahoo's not going to catch that kind of stuff, typically. Uh, Gmail's got just much more sophisticated filters. So, you know, if you want to keep using that Yahoo account, I hope you're not doing anything sensitive or real important over it because it, it has a much higher uh, susceptibility to being compromised simply because it's Yahoo. Oh, my. Yeah, and here's your other big thing on there, too. Your AT&Ts and a lot of your cable, your service providers are actually using Yahoo as their service. Yep. So you have to really kind of watch out. If you're going to a Yahoo.com, yeah, that one kind of uh, shocked me when I was reading through it. I mean, over 3 billion accounts. I mean, billion. That's kind of scary. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, Jeremy, uh, I do have a Yahoo account, Yahoo account, and I'm an old so I like to keep things consistent. I don't change a lot of things, but... Having this show and listening to you guys today, it really opened my eyes to sometimes being consistent is not the best thing because you open yourself up to be scammed. So changing, just canceling my Yahoo address and uh, opening up a new one is best. Checking my uh, accounts, bank accounts daily, things like that I haven't been doing, I need to start doing. Well, I mean, when, and, um, you know, the idea of changing your email account, I mean, that can, you know, that's. That can be that can yeah. be kind of painful. It is, but I actually, you know, my wife kind of went through that. We, you know, with our provider, she was using a Yahoo, and it was just very inconsistent. This is even kind of before the big aspect of the hacks, and so we migrated her on over now using a Gmail account. What we initially did is, if if you go in, if you were to set up a free Google account, and it's the same with a lot of different providers, but you can actually tell that Google account to check your email from another provider. So I went in and made a setting and said, okay, I want you to check the email from her Yahoo account and bring it on over into here, but we're going to start using this account. So that gave her some time that she's still receiving those emails, and that allowed her to see, oh, where where am I still getting it from? So she could change things like billing and, and the friends she wanted to communicate. So you know, she went through about a six-month process before she said, okay, now I can go ahead and cut that off. So it gave you it, – it's almost like that forwarding of your email, like yeah. a forwarding of your, your, mail. your postal mail, mm-hmm. uh, the same kind of thing. So there are some things you can do with that um, to make that transition a little bit easier. I also recommend to folks, because it is so easy to get free email now, I actually have – multiple email accounts and that okay. is i'll have one like if i'm going to be signing up for newsletters i'll mm-hmm. use one and everything else so that way i keep my personal one personal and you know the others 
you know, kind of like almost having multiple mailboxes. Yeah, I didn't think about that, too. Um, you mentioned your book earlier. For people like me and other people that are listening to the show, we need those little tips, the little things that you said today. We need to start practicing those. What's the name of your book again, and how can we get it? The uh, the second one was called I Turned It On, Now What? <laughs> and the first one also goes through some of the same things. It's called uh, Don't Throw It, Get to Know It. Both are available on Amazon in both print and ebook form. Um, okay. So actually the easiest thing to do is just go to Amazon and search for my name, Wilts Couture, and it'll bring it up. Wonderful. So I hope you guys had your pen and paper out today or your phone and you took great notes on how to protect yourself from scams. We want to thank you for joining us today on Everyday Tech. If you missed part of the show or want to hear past episodes, you can listen on our website at mpbonline.org slash everydaytech or subscribe to our podcast. Java Chapman was our board operator. And our phone screener was Jared Hallman. For Wilt Couture and Jeremy Thompson coming in at the last minute. Thank you, Jeremy. Join us next week for more Everyday Tech at 10, only on MPB Think Radio.